welcome to a special edition of the Everything RVC podcast. I am David Costello and joined, as always, by Amanda Keeper. Hi, Amanda. Hello. So we have a special episode today. By special, I mean we are very thrilled and honored to be joined by the second president in RVC's history. He was in that role from 1969 to 1997, mm. so nearly 30 years. There's a building on campus mm-hmm. named after him. Mm-hmm. So we are so excited to be able to welcome Dr. Carl Jacobs. Carl, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Mm. So we are just so excited to dive into RBC's history today. Uh, I can't wait to hear some of these stories. If you would, could we travel back in time to 1968? So you were your vice president in Flint, Michigan. Yes, I was Community executive College. vice president at what is now called Charles Mott College. Okay. Okay. Um, so RBC at that time was just a few years old, uh, founded in 64, got underway in 65. So what was it about Rock Valley College and Rockford, Illinois, that appealed to you? And what opportunity did you see here? Well, I have to admit that I uh, t- took a vow that the one community I would never go to would be Flint, Michigan. <laughs> And I was offered a position there and took it. Uh, it, it was a mature college and a, a very well-to-do college. And uh, I learned a great deal from that experience. I was a faculty member, a head of a division at Henry Ford Community College. I was a person who never really intended to uh, uh, go into education. I was with Ford uh, Motor Company, Ford International in Dearborn, where we lived. And uh, community colleges uh, were really quite unfamiliar to me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I took a part-time, that a full-time job at the college, and I really learned to appreciate the importance of that level of higher education, Mm -hmm. uh, serving both community and students. And uh, that started me on a career that uh, I never really in, uh, intended to mm-hmm. uh, pursue. So what was it when you, when you looked at the, the opening, you saw, okay, there's this college in, in Rockford, Illinois, that has an opening. What, what made you want to come here? Uh, I, I wanted to be in a community that was not encumbered by or overshadowed by a, a huge, prestigious senior institution. Uh, no matter how good of, of a job you did, it was never quite recognized because it was overshadowed by a huge institution. Uh, and uh, living in the Detroit area all my life, born in Detroit and uh, Dearborn, where I, we moved, uh, we were always overshadowed by a senior institution that was very prestigious and large. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want a community where you... It's sort of basic, and you had a chance to demonstrate to a community the value of a community college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not diminishing the importance of Rockford College at that time, but it was a, just emerging from almost a seminary mm-hmm. and uh, was more inwardly turned. It did things for the community, but not uh, its focus was not community. Uh, it was much broader, particularly under Dr. Howard. Mm-hmm. So that was a big factor in why to come here. And then when we saw, it was a beautiful day when my wife and I came, and uh, we just fell in love with the area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Awesome, awesome. So take us through those early formative years at the college and what things stand out to you. Take us back. What do you remember the most about that time? Well, what I remember the most is my naivety. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. That I was charmed by a, a, a very uh, positive board of trustees, okay. faculty members who were highly committed, and a beautiful day near Halloween. And uh, I remember when I was uh, hired that I was looking over the financials because they hired me as a consultant to get my feet wet before I left my position at Flint. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and looked at it and said, my gosh, maybe it's, I don't understand Illinois financing, but I think this college is broke. <laughs> it was not only broke, it was on the verge of bankruptcy. Okay. Out on warrants. Uh, it had just survived a legal challenge mm -hmm. for its survival by one of its citizens mm -hmm. that I wasn't aware of. Uh, and I said, my gosh, it's on warrants. I, and they made cuts. They're in debt. I said, wow. Uh, and I had a meeting with the controller and the business manager at the time, and I said, maybe I don't understand Illinois financing. <laughs> looks different. <laughs> and I said, here's what I see. And they said, mm -hmm. yes, yes. You're right. Yes. You're right. Yes. And so uh, that was uh, my introduction to the, uh, and then I found out that the community really didn't understand what it was that they had voted for in this community. Okay. And so I described to the faculty that I saw us as a halfway house of higher education to the community. We were neither a high school nor a college. They weren't quite sure what we were. They didn't trust the credits that uh, we produced. Uh, our accreditation was tenuous. We almost lost our accreditation from the state, mm -hmm. uh, which would have been a disaster as we understand that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and so I met with the faculty and the employees and I said, I want to tell you, I said, here's the facts. I said, you're aware of more than I am because you've been living it. Sure. But I want you to understand, I understand it. And I said, we are not going to be loved and we're not loved, but we have to earn our place to be needed mm -hmm. in this community. Mm -hmm. We have to demonstrate we can handle community money uh, uh, what we do in the classrooms and in service is highly trusted and high quality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have to work at that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so we started on a course of overcoming those kind of ad adverse kinds of situations as we encountered them in the community. What were some of the steps you took to try to overcome that, <coughs> to try to overcome that, that stigma? In, in uh, retrospect, <coughs> they maybe look as... Uh, pretty insignificant, but at the time they weren't. <coughs> Excuse me. Starlight Theater was our only face to the community. Mm -hmm. And we have to say, say to the community, we can do this better than anybody. Mm -hmm. Then Leola Arnold, who was a longtime music teacher, considered by many very eccentric, mm -hmm. left her state to the college. Okay. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we said we have to capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. Show the community we can tr be trusted with money. Mm -hmm. We used the 
interest off that modest estate to finance Starlight Theater. If you go back to the old catalogs, you'll see, mm-hmm. or programs, you'll see your picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was to demonstrate that we appreciate uh, confidence in the community and two, how we can handle the resources that someone gives us. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one step. Okay. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we worked very hard at demonstrating that the quality of what we do in the classrooms and the service mm-hmm. uh, was worthy of community s- support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a long, long struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were called rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and uh, many of the counselors and other people in the community would turn to the younger people and say, you can always go to Rock Valley. <clears throat> and I said, I said to the faculty and to the staff, it's sort of like we're a purgatory of higher education. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, well, you have to earn your way out of that. Yeah. I said, we have to change that image, not by words, but by a demonstration of what we can do better than the next person. Mm-hmm. And so it was a long, long arduous trip to win the confidence of the community. Mm-hmm. Was, was there a moment, if you can remember back, when you feel like you did it, where you said, okay, we, I think we did it. I think we won them over. That's a very good question, because uh, it's such an evolution of, in time. Uh, no, I can't say there was any one time that mm-hmm. I felt that. But there were, as I look back, there were indications of that. As I mentioned before, one of the service clubs in town was headed by one of our board members. And uh, any decision affecting the community was made in that mm-hmm. particular service club. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't want me as a member. They would send me to a small service club. Okay. The board member was a very prestigious person in that club and said, and chairman of the uh, club mm-hmm. said, either you admit the president of Rock Valley, not me personally, the president, or I resign. Mm. And that's how I got into the Rotary. Okay. Shouldn't mention that name. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. So um, you have a legacy here of being someone who built really strong relationships. I've been here for 20 years, and when people talk about you, they talk about you walking the halls of the campus. <coughs> and if, if they had a problem, they would just come find you. Rome wasn't built in a day. You had to have people help you. Who are some of the key individuals you remember helping you in that process? Wow. The college was not built by me. This college was built by empowering enormous number of people. People, unfortunately, with my age, I can't remember their names anymore, but they were there from clerical staff, faculty, maintenance people, uh, administrators, it just goes on, board members. Mm -hmm. Decisions were made with a handshake. That's the trust that we had built. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the board, the administration, does that mean it was smooth sailing, everybody walking around smiling? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. This was a college. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody once said, how does it feel to be herding cats? (laughs) I said, it feels like a college. Yeah. I said, I remember as a faculty member, 
head of the AUP or the union, I forgot when I started, walking into the then dean's office, because it was part of the K-14 in Michigan, mm -hmm. and complaining about the maintenance, uh, housekeeping. And as a young 20-some years old, I'm almost pounding on the table. Mm -hmm. And this poor man fighting the school system as well as the college was actually an excellent guy. Uh, but I was so self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he said to me, when I was all done, I hope someday you're a president. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was an insult, but he was, and it wasn't a compliment that he was throwing at me. Mm -hmm. well, <laughs> now I understood what he meant. That yeah. actually leads me right into one of the questions I wanted to ask you. But let me answer the question. Oh, sure, yes. Uh, I, I sort of got off the track on that. Uh, I had a, a wonderful vice president mm -hmm. that I picked out of the math department. Okay. And, and people said, this man doesn't know anything about administration. Mm -hmm. I said, good. Uh, I said, but he's been a faculty leader. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. He's very responsible. And he has the right kind of cynicism that I like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's important. Right? I couldn't have made a better choice. Yes. Uh, Pat Thompson. Then I took uh, Dick Bernardi, mm -hmm. uh, who wanted one position, and he was a personal friend of ours. I said, no, Dick, I'm not going to point you to that. Mm -hmm. Later on, he applied to be dean of liberal arts. Did a marvelous job. Mm -hmm. uh, then I think of, uh, uh, in the area of speech, mm -hmm. uh, Don Goldman uh, was a faculty member, and he came in and he said, you know, we ought to host a national debate tournament of all over the United States. And I said, Having been on a debate team and a debate coach myself, mm -hmm. as a, uh, I said, yeah, let's, okay, what does it really look? Flesh it out. Let me look at it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the dean was endorsing it. And we got a sponsor in the community, believe it or not, to finance it. It became one of the most prestigious national tournaments in the United States. Mm -hmm. We had teams from Harvard here. Wow. Uh, and all this was building the, the reputation of the college by these people. Sure. Uh, another faculty member headed the, uh, uh, our, our speaker program. Mm -hmm. And we had people like Alexander Haig, head of NATO. Mm -hmm. uh, we had uh, Arthur Schlesinger, Jr., one of the leading scholars, historians mm -hmm. on campus. The ambassador... Japanese ambassador from uh, was a, a speaker, hardly spoke any English. Uh, I had spent two years in the army in Japan, and I tried to engage him in a conversation, and he kept <laughs> saying, "Ah so, ah so," and I understood a little Japanese, and but he was he hardly spoke a word of English. I don't know why they appointed him. <laughs> but anyway. but uh, yeah. we, we had Martin Luther King's widow. Mm. Uh, so these were ways that we tried to earn our stripes as a leader in the community. Yeah. Who are these people? Oh, it just goes on. Dan Timko took him out of technology and made him dean of community services. Mm -hmm. uh, I said to the administrators, I said, you know, we are a community college. Each of you, including myself, have to belong to some organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, you know, they, some of them weren't very happy about that. Dan Timko ended up heading the Rockford Symphony. Wow. As a board of uh, Rockford Symphony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could just go on about all the people that have contributed to putting this college together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe overlooked. I said, when, what's the first impression? What's, when you come to an organization on a campus or a corporation, mm -hmm. what's the first thing you see? They say, well, how it looks. Mm -hmm. And I said, we have to show this community. We take care of the property of the community. Mm -hmm. We had very few maintenance men. The, there were no weeds in the grass. And I said, when we have an event, the minute it's over, take the sign down. Don't have signs up that are a day or two late. Mm. It just shows you're slovenly. And most of the maintenance people came from Belvedere, mm -hmm. North Boone, farmers. Okay. <coughs> they were the type of people, you gave them a job and they went out and did it, then they looked for another job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were all part of that building process for this institution. That's Thank been you. an important piece because yeah. the you know the, the campus and the beauty <coughs> of the campus remains a big selling point for this place. And mm -hmm. people, when we bring students on this campus, they fall in love with it immediately. Um, it's a university has a university feel to it, and it yeah. sounds like all that started on, under your watch. So. Yeah, and I also want to say thank you for sharing the story about the speech department because that's the department that I'm in, and I didn't even know the name you just mentioned. I came when it was Nancy Sylvester, Mark Colhane, Dave Arnold, mm -hmm. Dave Ross, and Bob Betts who kept it going. So I didn't even realize yeah. that the legacy went that far. Sure. Yeah, that's amazing. So thank you for mentioning those names, and that's exactly what I was looking for. Is yeah. you know certain people that really had an impact in right. in creating you know that team that that team that we were looking for. I have to so, offer an apology because I left out so many people here. I, I can't even imagine that <laughs> you, oh, yeah. you would be talking for four hours. <laughs> we, we could be, and some yes. of these people I'd have yes. to. Mm -hmm. But you're right, and that's yeah. that's yeah. still the attitude today is that it mm -hmm. takes all of us. Right, um, no doubt. You know our our president now, Dr. Spearman, would say the same thing. He likes to say better together and that it takes everybody from all mm -hmm. the people you mentioned, from the maintenance all the way mm -hmm. up to the mm -hmm. cabinet. So, mm -hmm. what do, How would you describe the culture among the faculty and staff at the time you were president? What was it like to be an employee here? Um, there was a sense of camaraderie. It, it doesn't mean that uh, everybody sang camp around the camp songs together. Kumbaya. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> However, they they shared a common goal mm -hmm. uh, that was continually reinforced. Mm -hmm. Everyone, of course not. There were some misfits here. There were even a few that tried to even sabotage the college. Sure. If you go back. Um, However, it was this feeling of togetherness, and we are going to show them that we can do it, and we will do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt very strongly that one of the things that lack in community colleges is a lack of a sense of culture. Mm -hmm. And one of the goals that I had as president was that you have to find how you, what are the elements 
that you have to have to build a culture. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it isn't the president, it's not the board, what most students relate to. It's the faculty. Mm -hmm. If you talk to older people and you say to them, what is it about the college? Or they'll walk up to you and say, is so-and-so still teaching? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember so-and-so. Uh, and so you have to build that culture around that element. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that uh, faculty can do whatever they want? God, we have to save them from themselves, too. <laughs> what do you, you mean? Know, and I say that as an old <laughs> faculty member. Yes. Uh, so I have very strong feelings about leadership that you have to understand and feel what the community college is. And I have a friend who uh, came from a Middle Eastern country. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is an American citizen. He was in the US Army. And he was on our board of trustees. And I said, what is it about this country that you liked? He said, opportunity. Mm -hmm. He said, there's so many chances for opportunity in this country. And that defines so much the community college, mm -hmm. that it is a place of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. We understand why it's not the first choice, choice for 18 year olds. They're at the age, they want to get out of the house. Right. And the, they want to get away to a senior institution where they sort of have a Hollywood idea of what college is about. I remember one year we had more people transferring back from senior institutions mm -hmm. than here. Mm -hmm. Because they found out that the Hollywood version really didn't lead to their survival on the campus. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My son was a student at the University of Iowa, and he had a roommate that was on the phone for eight hours a day, <laughs> every day with a girlfriend. Back home? Back home. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And... <laughs> Dad came with the truck, and then he had yeah. a new roommate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happens a lot. But, you, meant, you mentioned leadership, yeah. and I've heard you talk a ton about ethos. So your first order of business, it seems like you wanted to develop the ethos back into the community about we are a quality school, and we have integrity. You talked about the core value of you know teamwork and community and the faculty appreciation and respect. What other core values of leadership were part of your philosophy? Uh, I think the job, of the, the first thing the president has to say to a board of trustees, I am responsible for what happens in this institution. Mm -hmm. Now those are easy words, but if you think about it, uh, you've got some people and circumstances that you wish you could run a thousand miles away from. But unless you're willing to take ownership of that, and I said to our board, I will carry out the policies you develop. Uh, I will provide counsel to you. I will recommend to you. Mm -hmm. uh, when I no longer can fulfill that role in your mind, I don't belong here. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a tough thing. I had two little kids and a, and a wife here. Mm -hmm. And um, the mortality rate of community college presidents is not very good. Right. But it's I said, you really can't years. do your job unless you take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, be as transparent with everybody. Tell them the truth. Yeah. I said, they're all adults. 
and I said, "That's I always want to know what's going to happen. I, I'm an immigrant kid. My dad came from the old country. Mm-hmm. So, and we lived in a, he was a, from the old country into the coal mines, mm-hmm. uh, handicapped, uh, in pain all his life, died at 50 as a cook in a county hospital. At 50. And my mother had a fourth grade education. Mm-hmm. So at 17, I was a sailor on the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never thought of going to college. So I learned that you must take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not willing, turn it over to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were first hired, they quoted you as saying, I think the distinction between liberal arts and technical is becoming blurred, and I think that is a good thing. That's a conversation we're still having 50 years later. Can you sort of talk about how the two can and should work together? Well, I learned that out of a life lesson. Uh, I was at Henry Ford Community College that had, the Ford Motor Company had turned over the trade school to the college, mm-hmm. Dearborn Junior College. And uh, it was not welcomed by the liberal arts faculty. And uh, they saw it as a competitor. Uh, interestingly enough, my uh, father-in-law <laughs> was an administrator in the technical area. And he reminded me constantly, the federal government doesn't pay part of your salary. No, less it doesn't. The old Smith Hughes paid for vocational technical education back then. In other words, what you did for a living really isn't that significant. Uh, at one meeting of social meeting of the of the um, faculty, a fist fight occurred between technical and uh, wow. the technical oh my gosh, faculty. I thought our, ours got pretty heated. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're doing okay. Yeah. And I what I'm, I'm driving at is I learned a lesson. Yeah. I said, you, you've got to find the common denominators that bring these people together, that they're not on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we, and that challenge came with the technical center. I said, we are going to build a facility here that we need to involve everyone we can, not in a patronizing way. Mm-hmm. We have to show functionally how they fit into the equation. And so our committee, our, our major committee, consisted of liberal arts people who had a place at the table, not just patronizing people. They were a big voice in how those programs intermeshed with the competency of speaking, reading, uh, mathematics. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we made sure that everyone was involved in that process. And I think that was very key. Mm You mentioned the tech center. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's on your list of things you're most proud of. Um, and I know there's, you know, you were here for so long. And there's so many things. But when you packed up your office for the last time and you were about to walk out of here, what were some of the things that you felt like you were most proud of accomplishing here? I think I was pr- most proud of the people. Uh, I kept thinking of all those people who risked their families, moving their houses here uh, to an untried institution, an institution that was not embraced uh, warmly by many elements in the community, Mm -hmm. who stuck with it, uh, made their contribution, 
many of them personal friends. Some of my colleagues in other institutions said, it's not a wise idea to be friends with faculty. You know, they thought, you know, I said, well, I've been in the military. I didn't care for the ranking system there. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, I don't see why there has to be a conflict. Yeah, some people try to influence you, but if that's normal. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I still play in a faculty administration poker group for the last 50 years. <laughs> wow. Nice. Mark Cohane and, and okay. Bob Conboy mm -hmm. and uh, Steve B. And wow. These are all personal friends. Yeah. Nice. What, what do you play? What game? Did you say what kind of, is it Texas It's the game or? of how much I can contribute to their well-being. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, I'm welcomed every time. So you used to sign their checks, and now you're still giving them money <laughs> right, all the time. Right, right. Yeah. No, we, awesome. we play a lot of different kinds of games. Okay. And, uh, uh, it's, it's a big stakes game. You, can't, uh, you have to put in $15, and you can't lose any more. There you go. I'll tell you, we fight over those quarters like they were right. a, a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Of, of oh, yeah, because it's not money at that point. It's a trophy. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get a visual. Are cigars and whiskey involved? No, they're all old now. <laughs> uh, no smoking. Uh, we, we used to have big dinners, yeah. which I'm sure our wives appreciated. Yeah. And then it came down. Uh, now it's desserts halfway through the evening. <laughs> And we break up at 10.30, not midnight. Uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a great group, though. I know, I know yeah. Steve. Uh, Mark Culhane was one of my favorite professors yes. here. I had him yes. for speech. And I took pretty much anything he mm -hmm. offered. I took it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's I could never nice figure out how Mark ta uh, taught speech because he always was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I kid him about that. I learned so much about Ireland in his class. Oh, yeah. He yeah. is a phenomenal storyteller. Well, he was a film buff, oh, too. He, yes. would, he loved film. He attributes yes. that to his Irish background. Yeah. yeah. And he's, <laughs> and he's <laughs> wicked smart. I yeah. shared an office right next to him, and half the stuff he talked about, I had no idea, and I would just act like I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, he was yeah. an interesting guy. As long guy. as he had an audience, <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, great guy, interesting guy. Well, I, I, I love that your answer to that question was the people, though. After yes. 28 years, it was the people. Yes. Because that, it was the, the people that you miss. We hear yeah. that over and over again from anybody who leaves right. here, even if they were here five years, and we say, well, what do you miss about Rock Valley? The people. Yeah. What are you going to miss? The people. The people. Always the yes. people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. We have a couple of ex-faculty, uh, Larry Zachary, who's also part of the group, mm -hmm. uh, uh, keep a Donze book of the dead. And uh, over 40% of the people that I work with are dead. Hmm. <coughs> Probably higher than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's the sad part, mm -hmm. when you see your friends and associates mm -hmm. start disappearing on you. Sure. Yeah. 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 So we wanted to ask you, and, and I know I already <coughs> mentioned this, do you know that you remain one of the most highly regarded figures in RVC culture? Are you self-aware of that? Not much, no. Uh, you know. Uh, well, you are. And, and your legacy is alive and well. Um, <coughs> what do you think are the keys to your success, besides the people? What do you think were the keys to your success? And also, after that, like, what do you think are the biggest challenges for anybody who's a college president to be successful at any community college? In other words, you know, how you were successful Maybe, maybe those same attributes won't apply today. So, 
You know, leadership is probably one of the most complex topics to discuss, you mm -hmm. know, uh, depending on your definition of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you could even say Adolf Hitler was a leader, right. certainly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that one is whether you have some humility of what you don't know. Uh, and uh, that you're willing to turn uh, to other people who can fill that void that you don't have. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I always remember at conventions, I always watch presidents running for the phone. Mm -hmm. And they spent half the time on the phone. And I was so lazy, I, I said, if there's a problem, Pat Thompson will call. Mm -hmm. I said, otherwise, what can I do? Or what? Mm -hmm. And if I don't trust him and I don't trust other people. Mm -hmm. And also that I was always, the best of my ability, totally frank with the Board of Trustees. Okay. Sometimes they didn't like that. Sure. Um, and once I even said to one board member, I'm uncomfortable with the fact that you're developing relationships with faculty members, and I encountered that when I was here. Mm -hmm. Faculty had their pet board members, mm -hmm. and we're playing it. I said, that doesn't work. If you want to do that, I'm not your person. Sure. And I said, a president has to be a leader, take responsibility, and understand and what concerns people, mm -hmm. and be very articulate in the goals that you see for the college. And be willing to change if circumstances change, or you're wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a funny one is, I came up with a brilliant idea when the parking lots were completed, 13 acres of parking lots. We have to name these after animals like they had uh, at Wisey's over there on the <laughs> Valpine. <laughs> and I remember the administrators looking at each other and say, animals? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I said, you know, they have pictures of dogs and uh, cats and everything, and everybody can remember where their car is. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you really want to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were shaking their heads. And, yeah. and later, uh, in a meeting, literally, one of them said, this is the craziest damned idea I've ever heard. <laughs> I like it. Did it happen? <laughs> Did they let it happen? No. no. <laughs> Can you imagine like the, the Star Wars, yeah. Lot 3, yeah. Dory, Lot 4? Yeah. There would have to be a, a goose. Yeah, know, goose. A goose yeah. parking lot. Yeah. 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 And they also had to see that you mutually, if there was some sacrifice that had to be made in those early days, mm -hmm. that you were the first one stepping forward, that it wasn't you who were doing it, and... Moron, you had to be a party to that. Right. One year I didn't take a salary increase. Mm -hmm. And the board said, oh, you got to take a salary increase. Mm -hmm. Even though this was the lowest paid presidency in Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not willing to do that, then step aside. Yeah, sure. that's leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't have much money, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so who, speaking of that, because I've, I've learned that that's a very crucial part of maintaining a, a college and a quality college, who are some of your biggest partners? Are they still our partners at RVC in terms of community businesses that helped build the legacy of this school? 
Well, I'll, I'll name Dean Olson, who was one of the original uh, board members, a very conservative industrialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, infuriated my wife on a lot of his stands. <laughs> women belong in the house. My wife is a teacher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, she liked him, but she's in fierce arguments with Dean. But Dean stepped up one day and said, college needs a foundation. Okay. And he said, I'd like to take some leadership role. And I said, oh, I said great. I said, uh, and he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a very frail foundation. And I learned uh, how a president of the institution has to have a relationship with the foundation, but what kind of a relationship? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to school trying to learn, how do I respond to a foundation when it's formed? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was fun uh, to, to learn all these different things. Yes. Uh, kind of risky because in this conservative community, which is not the community of today, believe me, mm-hmm. uh, we, I was encountered, and so was Dean, with don't believe in a public institution, taxpayer institution, having a private foundation, or who felt strongly about that, people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, there are more not-for-profits in Rockford than there are manufacturers, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. It's a tough time for right. service industries and service people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other people that... Uh, were models. Uh, when the recession occurred in the 80s, uh, a number of us met with John McNamara, who just passed away and was a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I was the one, there were about 20 or 25 of us sitting there with uh, at uh, the Holiday Inn. Uh, said, John, you have to take charge of the economy. And John said, what the blank blank? John had a lot of blank blank blank. <laughs> he said, "You have to." He said, "I don't even know what that means." Uh-huh. And I said, "John, I said you will figure out what it is as mayor." So what happened was that he said, "I want you to be in charge of the training programs, seeking funds for them, putting that together." Mm-hmm. Uh, he had John Hollow from the Chamber of Commerce had another responsibility. Uh, Gary Watson from the paper. Uh, had another responsibility. And there was somebody else, and I can't remember the name right now. Mm-hmm. And he said, we will meet and coordinate this the best we can. Mm-hmm. He did a marvelous job. Mm-hmm. And I said to John when uh, he ended his tenure as mayor, I said, you know, you develop the culture of mayor. You developed the institution of mayor, which I didn't perceive existed in the past. And that's the political scientist in me that came out. Yeah, Yeah, so as you're talking about leadership, uh, you know, the whole role that you had for 30 years is all about leadership. And I know there were mistakes made, I'm sure. A lot of them. Can you tell me about one one or two that you remember? Oh, God, what was it? See how full of denial I am? (laughs) (laughs) Crickets. It was a perfect rain, perfect rain of your presidency. I I, I think one of the things that I, 
when I left the institution, you know, what I'd miss was my real feeling of inadequacy. I said, I'd leave behind so many unfinished things, mm. things I didn't oh. get done, okay. things that I didn't accomplish. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it bothered me. Mm. It still does bother me today. Sure. Uh, that, uh, even though we reached out uh, to our sister institutions, mm -hmm. uh, they were reluctant uh, to form too many partnerships with us. Okay. Because what had really emerged in, by this collective effort of people from the board members on mm -hmm. was the creation of a very powerful institution mm -hmm. in this community. Uh, and when we approached institutions for collaborative efforts, we found ourselves in competition with departments within their university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that occurred with our with NIU. Yeah. Um, NIU was caught in a very difficult position, and I I understood that that uh, people wanted them to build. This institution had a great inferiority complex about not having a big senior institution, and they wanted NIU to step in and do that. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at it from NIU's point of view that we were within their service industry, mm -hmm. service area. Area, yeah. And they, why would they want to commit and duplicate in this area? Right. So they threw a bone out to them in State Street. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a very big commitment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I understood, the, uh, the, actually I developed friendships with two of the presidents of NIU, very close personal mm -hmm. relationships. Mm -hmm. But I could understand why they had some reluctance to, sure. to uh, Particularly one thing that we did at Rock Valley College. Uh, there was a head of the technology division, Gene Street Matter, uh, came out of industry, and we were having coffee and talking about the technology area. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you know, what do you think, why do you think uh, the college relates more to the big corporations. And I said, because they have established bureaucracies and they're easier to communicate with. And I said, but the limitation is their training officer is not going to concede too much to the community college. It's their job. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're absolutely right. He said, how about concentrating on smaller, middle manu uh, manufacturers? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let's talk about it. And he put an idea in my head, and he filled in a lot of the details, that we would create a culture of manufacturing here, not be way beyond the offering of courses. Mm -hmm. The elements of, core, of culture would be one of certainly offering courses, credit, non-credit, uh, offering workshops, uh, because bigger corporations or bigger training companies were moving away from this mm -hmm. and leaving a void uh, of being a representative of their uh, being their public relations in the community. Mm -hmm. University of Illinois, University of Wisconsin, NIU, and their various there. Mm -hmm. So we would provide a number of functions. We created a, 
industrial council of uh, over 100 CEOs of manufacturing uh, that met together. And it was kind of, uh, to get that to work, I spent three days a week along with another person visiting small manufacturers mm -hmm. and saying, what is it you need? And one of the things I found, academic people, even in technology, weren't listeners. They were tellers. Mm -hmm. We know what's good for you. <laughs> well, I, I've served on a couple of manufacturing boards in this community, one of them very mill-sized corporation. Mm -hmm. And I was a lister. I always thanked the owner. I said that we sold the company. I said, I got a lot of money for not doing anything but listening to you guys. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And so we went out, and I would say to the head of the manufacturing company, what is it that you need to make your company successful? Well, we had to get to that they wanted Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts showed up every day, didn't question anything, and on and on. I said, gee, I do too. Mm -hmm. Where do we get them? You know, we just sort of, I said, let's get past that one. Mm -hmm. I said, we'll work on that. Mm -hmm. But that's, I want to know what kind of skills you need right. mm -hmm. as you're looking at changes mm -hmm. that are occurring. That's exactly what's happening at the college right now. Those same kinds of conversations Absolutely. are happening. I don't know yes. if you've, if you've yep. been uh, paying mm -hmm. attention to what's going on at the college. We're building a new advanced technology center, and that's exactly what we're trying to do is talk to the manufacturers about mm -hmm. what, did it, what does this thing need to be how much have you paid attention to what's been going on at the college uh, in recent years? And is there anything that's going on here that, that you're excited about? You know, to be honest with you, I really don't know. Uh, you know, we sit in that poker group and the Christians always ask, what's going on at Rock Valley? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. frankly, now we're at the point no one knows. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, they're all antiques like me. Um, Frankly, I, I don't know what's going on at the college. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, mm -hmm. When they talk about advanced technology, uh, I'm the kind of person, what do you mean by that, specifically? Right. Sure. Right. And yeah. I don't think I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't blame the college for that. I don't know. Right. Sure. Right. Uh, secondly, I understand that the politics of the where the resources of the college are allocated are very intense. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Frankly, they were back then in a different way. Yeah. Uh, when I first came here, a number of people said, why is that college out there in the country? Which means here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, why, did you, why didn't you take the campus abandoned by uh, Rockford College? And I said, we, we have 13 acres of parking lots at Rock Valley. Mm -hmm. That's more than the campus. Mm -hmm. uh, why didn't you put it down, down, uh, downtown? And I said, people have to have access in and out, a road system and parking that allows them to mm -hmm. utilize their time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, that doesn't exist downtown. Yeah. Uh, those weren't convincing arguments for a lot of those people. Mm -hmm. Their interests were property, occupying property. Mm -hmm. uh, so those issues are, were around way back when. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I have to admit, I, I don't really, Yeah, I'm out of touch. Hey, that's fair. You retired. You don't right. have to. Right. Hey, man, yeah. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> Poker and golf are that's the right. main priorities, right. yeah. Um, don't touch the pension. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. Even <laughs> I have to admit, I turn my back when people criticize it. I, I, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we were walking into the podcast room, and you called yourself an old relic. That's me. You mm. called yourself an old relic. I, I thought that was a, a fond word to use. Um, I think, using your word, I think that old relics have so much to teach people. What do you see as some of the most needed skills, talents, um, you know, what do people need today? What what do you see as the college needing to focus on? Not not I'm not asking you to give me like a grand vision, but where are the big gaps right now? You know, frankly, I don't know what the gaps are here. I'm too far away from it to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it would be unrealistic for me to comment on that, that direct way. Mm-hmm. But there are some general things that I, I think. Uh, one thing is I think the leadership at whatever level has to learn, and maybe they do, to be good listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was teaching a speech class, uh, I would be probably less interested in there's uh, techniques of speaking. Certainly it's important. But I would try to teach listening skills. Do you really listen to what's said? Uh, interestingly enough, I was negotiating with over five unions in Flint. Uh, I had been a a negotiator for the union at one college myself. Mm -hmm. I wrote articles on negotiation public policy. I taught a course uh, in uh, summer session at the uh, law school at Michigan on collective bargaining and public policy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt very strongly that one of the first important things that one has to understand when you negotiate is listening and what are they really saying and why are they saying it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Get out of the attack mode. Mm -hmm. You know what you want to say. You know what your bosses are telling you you have to say. Mm -hmm. But listen, I remember one episode at Flint. Uh, We're in negotiation with the uh, uh, Teamster Union. And they were following me home. And as soon as I got out of the car, they'd leave. It was a form of intimidation. Mm. Uh, And finally, when uh, uh, I encountered one of them, he said, look, let's meet in a bar. I think we can resolve this. I said, I can't meet in a bar with you. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, he said, we can wrap this up. I've got such a long agenda of places I have to be, and I'm spending all this time here at Flint. I said, well, we're, we're willing to listen. And he s- said, I'll tell you what. He said, here's the bottom line on the money. He said, go back and see what your guys will say. I went back and talked to people. They said, go ahead with it. He, the guy from the union said, I'm going to call you every name under the sun. <laughs> and he said, in the last analysis, he said, if we come to agreement on the money, I'm out of here. So I just sat there and listened to him scream and yell and pound the table. Mm-hmm. And we agreed on the money, and he was out the door. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest people were faculty. Uh-huh. It was a cause with a number of them. Okay. Yeah. 
it, it wasn't a business kind of thing. It was a cause. Mm -hmm. And one lady, a counselor, started crying. And I said, well, we can't really go on until, you know, you can get pull yourself together here. And uh, I said to the head negotiator, I said, you know, this is not the process that's going to lead us anywhere. And he said, I agree, but I don't know how to deal with her. I think you that know. perspective of that's interesting. listening yeah. is a takeaway right now in our culture yeah. uh, that everybody uh, should try to adhere to. There's, there's a lot of talking and not as much listening right now with all the differences and all the stuff going on in our world. So, yeah, I think that's a, a good point. And to summarize that, you said it's a cause versus the business. Yeah. So you have to handle, as a president, you have to handle those stakeholders, people that are fighting for a cause right. and people that are fighting for an income and a vision of their business. Yeah. Those are two causes that people get yep. very attached to. So I can imagine that's extremely difficult. It's also interesting as we talk to hear these things that were happening 50 years ago that are still happening. we're still having the same yeah. kind of conversations today. Yeah. And speaking of 50 years ago, and speaking of old relics, um, the reason that we, we were able to get you on this podcast was I, I reached out to you to invite you to a special event that we're having on uh, November 23rd. It's a Cornerstone and Time Capsule uh, opening event. Um, in 1970, in this building we're in, the ERC, a Cornerstone was placed and a Time Capsule was placed behind it with a number of uh, old relics mm -hmm, in it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, well, lo and behold, it's 50 years later. So we're going to open that thing up and we're going to have a little ceremony. And we are honored that you have accepted our invitation and that you're going to be able to attend. And I guess I just want to ask you, what do you remember about the event in 1970? And do you remember what's in there? And did you think you'd be here in 2020 to open it up? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I uh, come from a, a family. Uh, that not, doesn't have longevity. Uh, you know, like my dad died at 50. He was a Lithuanian immigrant, coal mines. Mine shaft fell in on him. He was crippled mm. and hurt all his life. Mm. Died at, you know, the cook in a restaurant and a county house. My mother had a fourth grade education. She died young. Mm. Her brother died at 23. On it goes. Wow. Yeah. I said, the odds are not with me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But I married well. <laughs> oh, very nice. I went out to, she was about ready to get out the door, and she didn't like the way I was dressed. <laughs> so I, I, she had to, you know, I offered to buy a dog, and she said, she loves dogs, and I love dogs, but mm -hmm. she said, I won't, I said, you take care of it? No. Uh. <laughs> so all she's got is now me. <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> so do you remember putting that thing in there in 1970? Do you remember what? Yes, remember I remember there was there? a catalog, a newspaper, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh, student commission material, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, oh lordy, I forgot what else was in there. I guess we'll find out yeah, on November twenty third. We'll all find out together. Yeah. yeah, they they were artifacts. I don't. I will talk about them as artifacts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to take those artifacts and say, I'd like to add artifacts that aren't in there mm -hmm. and talk a little bit about some of the origins of this college and its tribulation, mm -hmm. that its struggle for where it came to today and yeah. some of its accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, our tech culture of technology, what I started to talk about, I could 
spend a whole hour on that one. Keep going. No. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, it made the front page of the New York Times in September. Mm -hmm. uh, who would ever guess that this college would be at the front page of the New York Times? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Secondly, the service to the economic interests of this community. Uh, the United States Department of Commerce awarded it an E Award. E Awards were most prestigious award to companies. Mm -hmm. The only community college, to my knowledge, given an E Award. It flew below the flag of the Rock Valley's flag for years. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was acknowledged as ha in the state as having such high ac academic credentials, mm -hmm. accreditation, that I was invited to be on the board of North Central Association. Uh, who would guess that yeah. the president of Rock Valley would mm -hmm. be invited to be on the board of North Central Association of Accreditation? Mm -hmm. Not yeah. me, mm -hmm. the president. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, on and on it goes, mm -hmm. the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should be really proud of what you yes. helped uh, build here. And I know, like Amanda said earlier, you're still highly regarded around here and, and always will be. Yeah, um, in 2011, actually, we celebrated yeah, that. We built the, a, a building yes, and, yes. and named it in your honor. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just got something in the mail for, they want $28 million from me. <laughs> they said he's either dead or he's rich. <laughs> Dead or rich. Oh. Yeah, so, that's what the poker group said. By God, you got that building named after you. You're not dead. And we know you're not rich. I know, but they're giving it back somewhere. Huh? Those guys. So there was a catch. I see. Yeah. That, that wasn't just named for you. There was a catch. There was an invoice. Sent. There was an invoice. Yeah. 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 Well, seriously, yeah. though, what, what did that mean to you when they reached out to you and said, we're going to name a building after you and your name's going to be enshrined here forever? Uh, I really couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, I, I, I say this honestly. I just sort of feel in a sense, I wish there was a place where a lot of other names were on the building mm -hmm. with me, mm -hmm. uh, down below or below next to me or wherever. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. I didn't do this all by myself. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and frankly, the, there were people doing things in this institution that I would have never thought of being do, of doing mm -hmm. and thank goodness I had the sense to listen to them yeah mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and take their counsel mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah no one does it alone no, no one, my, one alone. of my favorite authors John Maxwell he says if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together mm -hmm. that's a good saying mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it does it is makes you impatient you want to go mm -hmm. sure uh, mm -hmm. And so when I went through that building, I, I just had that feeling again, I'll repeat, all the things I didn't get done mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I walked away with a lot of mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. Was there anything in particular that you just felt like? You'd like us to finish? Yeah, I really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to do this. And yeah, we yeah. could. Yes, I, I would have liked to have extended our partnerships. That was one of our goals, is establish partnerships through the community. Mm -hmm. Sure. And we did. We established a lot of p partnerships that did mature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, one of the more difficult partnerships I felt very we're talking about a failure mm -hmm. was with 205 okay. public schools. Okay. Uh, we would meet and meet and meet, but it never generated into anything substantive in my in our minds. Mm -hmm. 
And our administration would say, Carl, do we have to go through these meetings again? <laughs> we meet for hours and then nothing happens. Mm -hmm. I said, yes, we do have to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, our success was with Hanandiga, Belvedere. You sit down with them and you, you can develop a common language of need and some challenging kinds of things and possibilities to, to maybe overcome some of those things. What was your vision for that partnership? What did you want it to be that it didn't become? I wanted to translate in uh, more fluency uh, uh, between the levels of education. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, uh, I wanted it to be reinforcing the mission of both institutions. Mm -hmm. uh, because the public schools were under a lot, a lot of criticism. They were in the, in the eye of political turmoil. Mm -hmm. Uh, board members fighting with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife's a teacher in 205. It was, it's not a, and I said, all of that has to end. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I think the superintendent, is, uh, one of our graduates, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, right. is doing is what I can see is a remarkable job. We should have him on the podcast. Yeah, Dr. Jarrett. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I, I think he's, uh, I knew his dad. Okay. Not well, but I knew his dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I, and mm -hmm. he, I think he's done a great job. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, I, I, Frank, I've never been a common school person. I've never, I didn't like kids that much. <laughs> uh, I, I like subject matter. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember they used to invite me over to Guilford uh, in their international relations class. And uh, I was to give a talk on Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to be professor of political philosophy at the University of Moscow. And so I would give them the philosophic underpinnings of Marxism. And uh, when I was all done, uh, I'd say, well, how many people have I convinced? Half the class would raise their hand. I just turned them into communists. <laughs> Well, that's something. And I said, no, no, no. I'll tell you what's, let me tell you on the premise of this, where it's... Uh, uh, yeah. so. I remember there was one girl with her head on the desk. I'll just show you how ill-equipped it was. She was laying there sleeping while I was talking. I said, yeah. Are you sick? Like that. No. I said, were you up all night? No. I said, well, don't sleep. <laughs> you had her attention. I said, I'm point. not equipped for this job. Well, I probably get Well, I did have, well, I was teaching at Henry Ford. We had Norman Thomas, a name from history, head of the Socialist Party, ran for president of so, Well, his niece or daughter, I'm not sure which, probably a niece, asked me, would you like, I think it was her uncle, to appear. I said, wow, you're, at first I thought she was pulling my leg. Mm-hmm. He was a charming guy. I didn't agree with him. But he was a charming guy. The telephone calls, you've got this communist teaching our kids. And, mm -hmm. uh, and fortunately, I was supported by uh, the dean, who, as mm -hmm. mentioned, was a wonderful guy that yeah. wished me ill. <laughs> wished me ill. <laughs> well, I think we should get into the fun part of our podcast. Sure. So we have this part. You want uh, money. Well, oh, yeah. well, 
Yes. Well, if you're offering. <laughs> we, have to, we have to pay for the Carl Jacobs Center. We do have to pay for the Jacobs Center. Um, okay, so we have this part called the campfire question. So you imagine that, do you like campfires? Campfires? Yeah. yeah. Sitting yeah. around Do you campfire. like sitting around a campfire? Are you a nature person? Or the poker table. Oh, they're poker. Okay. <laughs> This is Probably the, the poker table this, okay. campfire. Okay, so this is the poker table question. <laughs> there you go. The poker table question, yeah. yes. So if you had the opportunity to live in a different country, what country would you live in? Uh, probably England. Uh, England? Uh, as an undergraduate, I, I thought I was heading toward being a, a medievalist. Uh, until I found out I had to understand g ancient Greek, uh, a number of other languages, and mm -hmm. uh, I was not bad at languages, but I said that's more than I want to encounter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I have a keen interest in English history. I'm not by any means, I'm not part of the Anglo-Saxon crowd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm from Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had a keen, in fact today I subscribed to a publication from England on British history. Okay. And have you traveled there? Yes. Okay. Yes. Many times? Mm -hmm. Twice. Twice. Okay. Uh, that was a deal of the life that I had. Uh, uh, my wife and I, one of our... I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> uh, we're, giving, of, we're giving you a sack of One money. of our students' <laughs> father was controller of Chrysler. And... Uh, we mentioned, ran into him at Cherryvale, and he said, we told him we were going to, uh, to England mm -hmm. on a trip. And he said, well, why don't you stay at my parents' home? <laughs> Here's a kid uh, giving us his parents' home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're going to be in the in Rockford. Mm -hmm. Her, the father was Jess Rigby, who was head of Chrysler International. Got promoted. I get a call from Jess. They were friends of ours. And he said, great can, uh, we, can we stay at your house? Generally, uh, somebody provided a home for them here. Mm -hmm. He said, we said, sure. They lived uh, in a very, very exclusive area of England. Mm -hmm. They provided, the Chrysler Corporation gave us a car. Wow. Executive secretary lined up everything for us. Uh -huh. uh, it was unbelievable. Nice. That sounds you know, amazing. We went to Wales. I love I love Europe. Ugh. Our our, ki our kids mm -hmm. still reminisce. Our, you know, our son is over fifty five, mm -hmm. and uh, he still talks about that trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What else do you like to do for fun besides play cards? You said you golfed recently. I golf. You still golf. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I'm probably golfing as well, but I've moved up on the tees. I can't hit the ball as hard, but I think sure. I play better. My wife claims that I'm a better player than I was years ago. Wow. Uh, but I don't score very well. I think. But uh, I still play golf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'd like to socialize with people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, friends. And uh, they're different people. They're not, most of them aren't college people anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has that been hard during the pandemic to socialize? Very, very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife is very social. She, uh, uh, I'm an only child. Uh, when my parents saw what happened, they just quit. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife fully understands uh, their point of view. 
Uh, anyway, uh, the, yeah. she's got us involved in a thing called Fun of the Month. Okay. Oh. And they're a group of people who travel out of the country and into the country. And uh, so we still belong to that group. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're all different kinds of people, retired physicians and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people who heads of companies and mm -hmm. people who are teachers, uh, different yeah. groups of people. That's great. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, I'm a very happy person. Yeah. I really am. Can tell. Can yeah. tell. Uh, I hope I'm still golfing when I'm 90. Yeah. I'm, I hope I'm still happy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I know you, you saw us slip that, that bag next to you there, and you're wondering what that's all about. So on this podcast, we have some random questions that people draw out of the bag. So mm -hmm. I'm going to have you just draw one. Just one question. Does it bite? It doesn't <laughs> bite. Nope. Does There's no, bite. Tr no tricks here. Just treats. And read us that question and tell us your your answer. If you could choose one book as a mandatory read for all college students, which book wow. would you choose? That's a great one for you. Um, God, has lots of name. Uh, I would take... Uh, a book that has been on the bestseller list uh, by uh, Abigail Wilkerson called Cast. Uh, her, her thesis is that it's not race that divides America. Uh, it's really caste. Hmm. And she lays out uh, a very controversial thesis on this. Mm -hmm. She's a, a, a former uh, journalist with... Uh, I think the New York Times. Mm -hmm. uh, her, her first book, uh, The uh, Warmth of Other Suns, uh, The Great Migration of African Americans mm -hmm. from the South in the 20s, uh, before the 20s, really, but heavily into the 20s, mm -hmm. is a must read. Okay. That's a must read. But this book is, I think, a must read. Okay. Um, because America is changing. Um, it's not a question of whether you want to see America change or not. It is changing. Yeah. Um, uh, if you don't believe how it's changed, even now, look at old movies on Turner Classic. And look for people who are marginalized, and you will find them as the backdrop, but not the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, they're the ones that are either made ridiculous uh, undereducated, believing stupid stuff, uh, or can, or doing menial things that other people uh, won't do, or they're not able by their talents to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it hasn't been in my lifetime. You would never fly on an airplane with a minority mm -hmm. as a pilot. Hmm. Um, now, how did this all happen? Well, we could spend hours talking about this, and it's a topic worth talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many times, if you took American history, did you learn that the people who came from Europe, Northern Europe here, uh, how, much, how, how, long did, how many times did you learn that this was an inhabited continent? Mm -hmm. It, it might have been mentioned, but not underplayed. Uh, how often did you learn that it was disease that wiped out these brought by Europeans? 
How often did you learn that people had a Bible in one hand and a sword in the other hand converting hmm. in South America? All these things. Uh, how did you learn what happened at the end of the Civil War? How many times did you learn that the Civil War, more likely a mixed bag of whether it was over slavery or just the Union mm -hmm. or just because I got drafted? Yeah. On and on. I think this book is a, a mandatory read Forget the, uh, the question, the moral issues of whether right or wrong. It's a matter of survival of the so society. Mm -hmm. oh, I think I found good. my next read. Oh, yeah, that's good. I think yeah. maybe we could bring that to Rock Valley College for our yearly book club. Yeah. Yeah. Great idea. Well, Dr. Jacobs, we, Thank you. we are thrilled that you were able to come today. We sincerely appreciate uh, the history lesson and wa walking us through. <laughs> mm -hmm. I forgot a lot of things. The foundations of I this gotta college. I got to mention this or yes. else I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to mention my wife formed the Faculty Women's Association. The big clock out there? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a donation. Mm -hmm. I love that clock. It was part of building that culture. There was no money for us to entertain people. Mm -hmm. <coughs> My wife and our kids were little. Our little daughter served hors d'oeuvres. Our son, who was probably 12, uh, was the bartender. <laughs> he was so good at the bar that he had joined the bar as an attorney in town. <laughs> he never left the bar. <laughs> he was very popular, by the way, in fraternity. Yeah, I bet, uh -huh. yeah. And I had two popular uh -huh. times, I think. Uh -huh. uh, that when the college, yeah. as I said, was so poor, and I'm going to mention this at that parking, mm -hmm. it came the time to move from the temporaries into these buildings. We didn't have the money to move it. Mm -hmm. So we put out the call to administrators, faculty, employees. A truck from donated by Mayflower Moving. Mm -hmm. Wally Halverson from the Chamber of Commerce was the driver. The cost of pizzas, hot dogs, and liquid refreshments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We moved that whole college in one day. Wow. That is phenomenal. At no cost to anybody. That's amazing. I do have one, one more question, and then we can wrap sure. it up. But yeah. what has brought you the most joy in your life? My marriage to my wife. Okay. 61 years. Mm -hmm. um, a remarkable person, very bright. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, very type A. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, I've learned do what you're told, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll succeed. <coughs> oh, perfect. Well, it, it's been an honor. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it so really has. Much. Thank yes. you so much for being here yes. and for all you've done uh, for the college. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I'd like to say that I was surrounded by some very wonderful people. So many stories. So many stories. So yeah, we yeah. appreciate you being here to share them with us today. And um, yeah. yeah. And we thank just, you, um, Jerry Labai, for getting all of this, yeah. too. Awesome. And we look yeah. forward he to... He was uh, sleeping through half of it. He's that student, you know. I'm used to the, that, though. <laughs> and we look no. forward to seeing you uh, for the event on the 23rd. And uh, look some of the, to, If you don't mind, some of these things I want to talk about, you know, the trials this college went through, it, it just wasn't... Yeah. Placed here and everybody loved it and how wonderful to have it. Sure. Right. But how it overcame and, and achieved so much yeah. a number of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's only one board member from the original board left. Mm 
uh, Jack Wolf, mm -hmm. and you know Jack's in very bad health. Mm -hmm. uh, but all the other people are gone. Yeah, but that's the that's the theme that I've kind of gotten from you throughout the day that it, it took more than one person. It wasn't just you. It took no. a lot of people to make this happen. So. Would you say it was a, a social endeavor of resilience? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks again for being here. And uh, well, Amanda, I, I don't know how we unpack some of that, but uh, yeah. uh, I guess that again, that's one of my takeaways is is uh, is the teamwork. We mm -hmm. keep hearing about mm -hmm. Dr. Spearman, our current president, says teamwork makes the dream work. Right. And that's what I kept hearing from Dr. Jacobs, that mm -hmm. um, he didn't do this alone. Um, he had mm -hmm. good people that he was surrounded with. And I just mm -hmm. I heard a lot of I know leadership is something you teach. And, and mm -hmm. I think what did you what did you hear uh, from a leadership perspective from him? Well, I think one of the most memorable stories is the story when he talked about getting the building in 2011 and how really it was a little bit uncomfortable to have just his name on the building yeah. when uh, he feels like there should be many, many, many other names. And I, I noticed just how he really understood relationships. He really respects the faculty. Right. Um, he understands the art of negotiation with multiple different stakeholders. He doesn't seem like somebody who is afraid to um, put up a fight if he needs to. Uh, I did hear that as well. And just a great uh, pride in our community. I mean, yeah. he was he his stories were all full of pride to the very very end of the podcast. And that's somebody that makes a great leader is somebody who really cares about the mission of their college and their vision. Yeah. So I could have listened to him talk all day long. Oh yeah, for sure. And there there were so many things too that that are that we talked about that are relevant today, like we mentioned that mm -hmm. you know. So you, you go through these cycles and you realize the college has been here a long time. Mm -hmm. It's been through highs, it's been through lows, and it mm -hmm. goes in these cycles. And mm -hmm. so sometimes we get down and we say, oh gosh, this is happening and that's happening. And mm -hmm. you know what, that's happened here before mm -hmm. and they got through it, the mm -hmm. college is still here. Mm -hmm. And uh, in part because of the things that he and the people he was surrounded with did. And we'll get through. Yeah, we'll get through tough times. And I really appreciated the historical perspective of the manufacturing and the technology yeah. piece because it's not a new idea. It may be new to us again lately, right. but it's not a new idea. And I've always said it doesn't have to be either or. It can be both and, and yeah. it should be. And then things we haven't even thought about yet. Right. So, so. great history lesson. We hope mm -hmm. you all learned a lot about the college. And uh, again, speaking of history, we want to plug that event one last time on uh, November 23rd. We're going to be opening up that cornerstone and time capsule. Uh, it will be invite only for the in-person portion of it, but we'll be live streaming it. So uh, stay tuned for details on that. If you're an employee, we'll share that out in the daily news. Uh, if you're not an employee, uh, stay tuned to social media for mm -hmm. how you can watch that historic event here at the college. So we appreciate you tuning in today for this very special edition with Dr. Carl Jacobs. Once again, I'm David Costello. She's Amanda Keeper. Thanks for listening.